This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Welcome back to Off Script Extra Time. It is Chris Robbie and Sonal on your airwaves. And over the course of the next 20 minutes or so, we're actually going to be joined by the former South African cricket captain, Faf Duplessis. I had the absolute pleasure of hosting a webinar with Faf last night. That was in conjunction with the South African Business Council. A massive shout out to Lauren and her team for setting that one up. But Faf, a very insightful individual, hugely intelligent, can't thank him enough for giving up well over an hour to have that little conversation with me. And there was loads on the table. There wasn't much that we didn't discuss over the course of 75 minutes or so. For this particular portion, though, of the interview, I wanted to get Fath's uh, thoughts on the Chennai Super Kings and their disappointing Indian Premier League campaign. In actual fact, it's the first time in the franchise's history that it's failed to make the playoffs this year. That's been confirmed over the course of the past couple of days. We'll get to MS Dhoni and what makes the Indian icon such a wonderful leader and what Faf has taken from MS and carried it into his own leadership style. We'll get to that in a few moments but first I wanted to get Faf's appraisal of what has gone wrong for the Chennai Super Kings in 2020. Yeah I think um, two things for me would, would probably be standing out the most. The fact that we're playing in Dubai is something that the Brains Trust didn't plan for. Uh, where we play uh, our home matches in Chennai, the conditions are quite different to what you face in Dubai. So we specifically set our team up for a, a, a slow pitch with a lot of spinners uh, and guys that play spin well. Um, and as you can see this season, Dubai has, has presented that the fast bowlers um, or the IPL year has been the main stars of the shows, um, all the teams that has got a lot of pace. So I think obviously no one could plan for the fact that the IPL was going to move away from India, but that's certainly one lesson or takeaway from this season. And then also, um, you know, when they set up the team, uh, you look at a three-year cycle of planning on how you are going to put your team to in a three-year cycle. And the management always expected year three to be a bit of a challenge um, as a lot of the players would be getting a little bit older. Um, year one would be the peak. Year two, like in the middle, year three might be a bit of a challenge. So I think they did plan for it. Um, but expecting slow conditions, they, they were thinking that we'll still be okay. Um, but obviously now we haven't had the results that we would have liked. But now it presents an opportunity to go, we're coming back. I think that's the talk to Dubai in you know six months' time. Uh, so then you put those those lessons learnt and you you get the right people and you change your squad to try and um, be best for these conditions to to what we are facing here. You've piqued my interest with the word brain trust. Give us all an insight into what that looks like. Is that the coaching staff with MS? Are you a part of that brain trust? Who forms that particular team that, that Luke can strategize on behalf of the entire squad? Yeah, normally, obviously, your captain and coach sits on that. Uh, and it's no different here at Chennai. Stephen Fleming and MS Dhoni are two amazing leaders uh, and, and strong thinkers of the game. Um, so the two of them would form a, a big part of that. And then also our owners <clears throat> in India, Mr. Srinivasan, is a very... Um, big cricket fan and obviously a really smart cricket thinker. So he 
comes a part of that. And then if you go a little bit deeper into the team, we've got a, a great amount of experience within our team. You know, myself, Dwayne Bravo, Shane Watson, Michael Hussey, all guys that have played a lot of cricket. Um, so there's a lot of knowledge there. Um, but yeah, real credit goes to, uh, you know, Stephen Fleming and MS Dhoni. You really want to measure leadership um, in tough times. You know, it's easy to captain or to coach a team that's, that's winning all the time because um, you can't really do much wrong. You know, you just pitch up and, and you do well. But it's when it's tough when you really <clears throat> get tested as a leader. Uh, and, and they've been good. They've been consistent in their, in their messaging. They've been calm. There's been no panic. Um, yeah, so real credit to, to the two of them. I want to talk a little bit, if I can, about MS Dhoni and the power of his personality. Uh, leadership is the theme of this hour-long conversation. I mean, how has his leadership and your time spent with MS shaped your own views on how a dressing room should be led at the top? Give us a couple of kind of anecdotes, if you can, Faf. Yeah, um, I was very fortunate um, to join... Chennai when I was 26, so um, I think it was 2012, 2011 that I that I joined CSK, and um, obviously at the time I was a very young leader myself. Um, I've, I had always been a captain up until that stage, so it was really for me um, this amazing blessing that fell upon me that to be in a dressing room um, with probably the, one of the greatest current captains of the game, MS Dhoni, and also one of the greatest past captains of the game in Stephen Fleming. So my first year was literally just like a boy sitting and listening, um, stealing with his eyes and with his ears, just trying to ask as much questions as I could to, to try and pick from all this knowledge that there was. Um, but the incredible thing for me after, you know, a year or two was that, how amazing they are as leaders. Um, I was going to have to do it in my own way. Like you cannot copy someone else as a captain. Um, you can try and take some of the good things that they are doing, but to try and just be someone else um, is, uh, is not going to last in terms of leadership. You know, when the, like I said, when the pressure comes on you, the real you will come out. So it's important when you are a captain, um, that you know who you are as a person and that you can trust on that and that you stick to that all the time. Um, so, yeah, great learnings from the two of them. MS as a captain, extremely calm, extremely um, instinctive on the field, um, not a big planner um, as you would think he would be, as I thought he would be, you know, being quite structured myself as a captain, um, you would think that that's important, um, but my eyes have definitely opened up over the years with Chennai is how different he sees things. You know, he doesn't believe in a lot of meetings, you know, batters meetings, bowlers meetings, strategizing. It's really just a case of um, trusting the people that you have um, signed uh, and then being the best version of themselves by backing them. Um, so he's really good with that. Um, Stephen Fleming is also... Very different to that. Um, he's the typical New Zealander, um, very, a lot of humor, um, always comes up with a different theme every year uh, as a coach. He'll come with fancy dress ideas. Um, so very, uh, very much the, the energy in the room with, with his humor. Um, and the two of them complement each other really well. But the thing that stands out for me definitely is 
um, the fact that you definitely need to be yourself as a leader and not try and copy someone else. I find that fascinating that it's more touch and feel with MS Donor. You're saying he's very instinctive and that goes against what the, the public persona would be, that he is this methodical leader as he is. Let's talk about your own leadership style. Where does that come from? You say that you got to just be yourself it's a lot of how you lead faf does that come from your upbringing i mean give us the long and short how does faf duplessis lead a group of men into battle yeah i think i was lucky that um obviously i had the talent to be a a professional cricket player but i i always had um, a big drive in me and for leadership for captaincy so i think it was something that was always natural to me, you know, through my age groups, it was always a part of who I was um, as a cricketer. I I was, you know, under 13, 15, 17, 19, right through, uh, always captain sides. Um, But the great thing with with leadership is you keep learning. Um, As with sport, you just keep learning and evolving as you go on. Um, You get wiser, you get grayer, like I have got over the years. But for me, it's, it's, it's more the kind of person. And I think that's the important thing for leadership for me is my big thing on leadership is it's very, very relationship-based. Um, so um, once again, the older you get, um, the more you understand what are the things that are important in life. And that's obviously friendships, relationships. So very much that style of leadership where it's based upon the principles of my life, you know, being a good guy, respecting people, um, making people feel valued. Um, you know, we've got a big thing in our South African team, certainly when, when I was, you know, captain, is to make young guys feel like they belong straight away um, because you're already under so much pressure coming in to a, a dressing room full of superstars that you've always watched on TV and now everyone's just ex- expecting you to be at your best. So a big thing for always for me was to, make those guys feel like they belong straight away. And then through that, they get confidence and it brings the best version of themselves. We touch more on his leadership style and his biggest disappointments in his career. That's upcoming. But first, what kind of leader is Faf? And how does he balance the arm round the shoulder with the stern words that sometimes, just sometimes, his men need? Yeah, a really important thing for me, um, and, I, and I take it back to being the type of person that I am as well, it, it is honest. Um, and with honesty comes all of those different hats that you have to wear, you know. So one day, if it requires me to be honest with you because you are slacking in your training or you are late for practice or whatever you, you are doing, I need to be true to myself and give you the feedback from the, the the most basic principle of, of to be as honest as I can. So some days that requires me to um, put the shoulder around someone's um, arm around someone's shoulder and say, listen, tough day at the office. I'm here for you. Um, let's have a beer. Um, days like this, you're going to have a lot more of them. Um, so get used to it. It's about how you show up tomorrow. And then other days you have to be a little bit more stricter, um, a firm word with someone because they, they, they were, they were lacking in the standards of the team. And then on other days, you have to give someone that, that information that they're not playing, um, which is never a nice thing to do. You know, obviously, that would be in the business world, I suppose, a CEO or someone firing someone. Uh, I have to walk up to someone and saying, today, you're not playing. And not always players are in agreement with that. But as long as you can put 
the teams first in, the, in, in every decision you make, then it's a pretty easy one to do. What about your, your own kind of uh, education, if you will, your own journey? I mean, who did you, and, and perhaps if you can share with us some names, did you, did you seek any advice or guidance from anyone in terms of your mentors growing up? When Was there anyone that you maybe even still to this day reach out to on a regular basis and use them as a bit of a sounding board? Yeah, that's something, to be honest with you, I, I regret a little bit. Um, it's, it's something that's not very big in our culture. And I, and I think it's uh, very similar in a lot of different cultures around the world that we, we're not great with sharing the information that we've gained through our years of playing the sport, you know. So for me, in, uh, as an example now, it is really important for me to share the knowledge that I've gained over the last 10 or 12 years as a leader in our dressing room to share that with the people coming through, to impart that knowledge um, and to be someone's mentor, you know, whether it's now on five years or on 10 years and almost just creating that platform where it's possible. You know, I tried to um, do that probably about a year or two into my captaincy. Um, I found Graham Smith up and just try to get some of the knowledge that he gained, but it is, it is, it is something that's not part of our culture. And I think that's something we should be doing better as a young kid. The first thing you need to be doing is asking questions because it's free. Um, The more, the more information and knowledge you can get from people by asking questions, the wiser you become and the quicker you learn. So as I said, those first two years for me at Chennai was, was asking questions, but I, I do regret not, um, tapping into a mentor, uh, you know, on regular occasions to try and make sure that I learn as quickly as possible in all, in all departments. Well, in terms of your idols growing up, Faf, who did you look up to? Who was the, the, the man or woman that, that you looked to, to, uh, I guess, model yourself on? Obviously, you've already alluded to the fact that you've got to be your own person, certainly in leadership. You've got to find your own path in life. But you must have had a couple of idols when growing up. Yeah, so um, John T. Rhodes, <clears throat> excuse me, as a cricketer, the way that he played the game was what got me to fall in love with the game. Like, and that, that's what stands out for me, even today, playing international cricket for so long. I didn't know how many runs uh, or catches or what his average was as a, as a youngster. I just looked at him and I was like, man, I want to I wanna be that guy. I want to be diving around. I want to be taking catches. I want to be running. I want to play cricket like that. Um, so that's what you fall in love with initially. So he was the starting point. Uh, and then as it moved, obviously, Jock Cullis as a batsman was probably South Africa's best batsman you know, ever. But just his technique for me was like the perfect technique. So I just studied what he did. But once again, once you start playing, you go... I'm not Joe Cullis. I don't, I don't pick up the bat like Joe Cullis. I don't play a cover drive like Joe Cullis. So therefore, I can't be Joe Cullis. So you, you make with what you have in your own skill set and you just try and maximize that. Um, as a leader, I, almost, I always heard of Hansi Cronier as, 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 as being a very good captain, obviously the late Hansi. Um, everyone talked about him, that he was a really good captain. So unfortunately, you know, that's not something that's possible to tap into that knowledge. Um, Gary Kirsten, as a coach for me, came into the South African team with a fresh mindset of um, obviously the, the type of cricket that you are is important and we are in the industry of performances and winning. 
but he was the first guy that really spoke about what kind of person you are. And I was, that was quite refreshing for me as a youngster. Like here's this coach talking about um, human be- behaviors, you know, your principles, your values. And he was almost the, the guy that lit a little fire within my own leadership um, to really where I'm sitting now today after how many games captain South Africa, I find that that's the biggest thing that was my driving force is the soft skills uh, away from how hard you practice because everyone does that, right? Everyone tries to win. Everyone tries to be the fastest, the quickest, the best batter, but not everyone really puts a lot of attention to detail to the soft skills. And that's really what I'm passionate about um, in our team uh, and as a person as well. Can I ask, Faf, and I appreciate it's part of life. We've all faced in professional and our personal lives, we've all faced challenges. I always think it's how you overcome those challenges. There's the famous saying, you learn more in defeat and in failure than you do winning in success. In terms of your biggest challenge when taking on the captaincy of the Proteus, I mean, what stands out? Give us perhaps an example of that. Yeah, that's that's a brilliant question because I, I think that that's where the real stuff is, man. Like we talk about success all the time um but success is a really small part of life you know the failure is actually where the real stuff happens from day to day you know in sport it's exactly the same as with life you know cricket you fail a lot more than you succeed people think it's the other way around but the best players in the world still fail a lot um so for someone that's an average player like myself to do with um, overcoming obstacles, overcoming challenges. And I think that's really where I see myself, honestly. I don't, I don't see myself as this great success story. I see myself as someone that had to deal with a lot of failure, a lot of downs. Um, and for me, you know, you, you, you think you're in control of, of life and performances, but you're actually not. You, you're in control of how you respond to those challenges. And that's, that's where I live. You know, we get to face a lot of um, failures and, and a, a big, a big part of my captaincy was dealing with failure. Um, but I feel it's made me a stronger leader. It's made me a stronger person. It's given me valuable lessons uh, in life that you will fail, but it's about how you come back. Is there a failure in mind, Faf? And I hate to, to labor yeah. on failure because it is a celebration of success, but I do, it's a salient point that you make that in actual fact, when you look across anyone's career, there's more failures in there than success. It makes you enjoy success and the sweet taste of it that much more because you know of the pitfalls that you've been through. But is there one perhaps story, one failure that, that really rankles and that continues to kind of light your fires? Yeah, I mean, I think... There's one or two that stands out, but the hardest part of my captaincy was definitely the the last year um, of of captaining. And with that, a couple of things was the reason for that. Obviously, the 2019 World Cup, what you do with World Cups, you put a lot of planning um, into that. So, I mean, probably two years of my life as a leader went into planning for that tournament. And to have it go so horribly wrong right at the start, losing three big players in injury, um, you just go, man, like, how is this fair? And, and yeah, that's unfortunately the cards that you get dealt. And then all your plans and everything you put in place goes to 
um, goes down south. And then we didn't have a great campaign. Uh, we, we didn't play good cricket. Also, I mean, as I said, the injuries. But to, to deal with that failure was really, really tough. And then also we, we lost a lot of um, our, our players. We lost a lot of good players for our team. And we find ourselves in a really challenging season of life or in sport where we were building um, for a new team. But in this season of building um, came a lot of challenges with losing, um, with failures, and also a lot of stuff behind the scenes um, that, that in hindsight, I, I don't think necessarily needed my attention. But at, at the time, I felt like it needed it because it needed someone to step in and try and steer the ship in the right direction. Um, so I felt like at stages where I, I was wearing a hat as a captain, as a selector, as a coach, as a director of cricket, as a board member, which all of those things obviously doesn't need my attention at whatsoever. But I did feel that there was quite a few holes that we needed to fix within our system. Um, but I'm an optimistic guy. I believe that South African cricket has still got some, some really good things that uh, is coming up. There is a few challenges that, that we faced over the last year, but um, we're hoping for the best. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.